You are listening to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast, and this is episode number 49. Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Star Chasers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliant. If this is your first time here, I'm so glad to have you. I'm your host, Monique Malcolm, and the Pimp Your Brilliant podcast is a show for creative entrepreneurs who want to leverage their talents, their skills, or their passions to build thriving creative businesses. And I want to pause here for just a moment to let you know that this episode was brought to you by The Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a day planner with vision, encompassing everything you need to successfully achieve your goals. It seamlessly blends setting goals, a vision board, planning your day-to-day, and monthly review to help you get from idea to done. To learn more about The Visionary Journal, you can visit visionaryjournal.co. This episode is also brought to you by my book, The Fear Guide, Silence Your Fear and Take Action. If the chorus of fear is regularly singing you out of your dreams, you need to grab this short read jam-packed with exercises that will help you quiet your fear long enough to take the next tiny step. And you can grab a copy of the fear guide, either a physical copy or a digital copy, by visiting thefearguide.com. Okay, now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, let's get into today's episode because this is the final episode in our series of shows about goals, how to achieve your goals. And we've already talked about setting smart goals. We talked about creating goal action plans. And today we're going to talk about how to plan your week to achieve your goals. And you can do this in as little as 20 minutes a week. So listen, if you can budget 20 minutes a week to get yourself a good solid plan for what's going down this week, I promise you If you follow that schedule, you will make leaps and bounds worth of progress towards your goals. Because a lot of times, we're not even really thinking about what is going to happen on a week-to-week basis. We're just going with the flow. And it doesn't work. Because like you, I have a list of things that I would like to accomplish this year. Big goals, small goals, teeny tiny goals. But nevertheless, they are things that I want to do. And a lot of times, it feels like my to-do list is bursting at the seams. There's so much for me to complete all the time. And if I let it get to this point, I could become just a, a smidge overwhelmed. And I'm betting that you feel the same way. And that's why I am really big on planning. And I utilize scheduling tools like the Visionary Journal. I live by my Google Calendar. I use a project management system. And these are all things that help me plan and organize my chaos. And if you really want to maximize your productivity and you want to check all those boxes next to your own goals, then you have to learn how to plan your week appropriately. And as I've already mentioned, it's only going to take you 20 minutes. So let's talk about first the importance of planning. Because let's be honest, honey, I just mentioned, you know, my week can be chaotic Everybody's life is messy like that. We're all busy. There's no shortage of people, ideas, and things constantly fighting for our attention. 
And this causes us to grossly overestimate what we can accomplish in a week. And on the flip side of that, we underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. And isn't that kind of crazy when you think about that? It's like in a week, you think that you can do everything, like everything, your entire to-do list, even though it's a mile long, you feel like in a week, I can get all of these things done. We overlook how much time we actually have in a year to get all these things done. And we feel like a year's time is not enough to do anything. It's like, oh, I picked this one big thing I want to get done this year and that's all I can manage. But we both know that's not true. But without a plan in place guiding the use of our time, it's really easy to get off track or invest in work that doesn't help us make progress. And that's a waste of time. We don't do that. And I'm a firm believer in the idea that what gets scheduled gets done. This is why I'm a paper planner person. This is why I like to write things down. This is why whenever somebody tells me something or I need to schedule an appointment with people, I automatically put it in my Google Calendar because if it doesn't go in there, it's not going to get done because I'm not going to remember it. And I'm just being honest. That's just how my brain works. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. So if you want to get shit done, you need to adapt that philosophy as well. Repeat after me. What gets scheduled gets done. The other thing about planning is that planning ahead is a proactive strategy. And this is really, really important. A lot of us are not proactive with our weeks. We're not proactive with our time. We're not proactive with our days. We're not proactive with our goals. We are very reactive, meaning we wait until something happens and then we want to try to make changes and then we want to try to schedule and then we want to make plans. But that's backwards. You need to be proactive. Being proactive allows you to make adjustments to your timeline if there's a disruption to your schedule. Being proactive lets you forecast when you think is going to be the optimal time for you to do this thing. Being proactive eliminates overwhelm because you've already thought ahead to, okay, this is where I'm going to be at this point. This is what I'm going to be working on. And you have a plan for everything. When you're reactive, that's one of the main causes of burnout because you're constantly having to react to everything that's happening around you. And that gives you this sense of one, overwhelm, which sucks. And then just an overall sense of not having control and not feeling at ease. And that's really the key. You want to feel at ease. And when you're proactive about your plans and your schedule, you feel more at ease. The other benefit of being proactive is that it helps eliminate decision fatigue. So instead of you sitting down at your computer every morning deciding that you're going to get to work and now you're trying to figure out, oh, what am I going to do? What do I need to work on today? You're not doing that. You're getting to your computer, you're reviewing your schedule, and then you're getting to work. And that is like an instant productivity boost right there because you're not wasting time twiddling your thumbs, scrolling Instagram, trying to figure out what it is that you're supposed to be doing. You already know you get to it and you don't waste any time. So that should be more than enough to convince you that you need to spend some time planning ahead for the week. And if not, hopefully this will, because I'm going to go over how you actually plan your week. And as I mentioned in last week's episode, when we talked about a goal action plan, this is also a part of the framework that is inside of the visionary journal. So it's really moving from big picture goal down to quarterly plans, down to monthly plans, down to weekly plans, and then you execute. 
So it's really just moving your ideas down this funnel until they are action-based and something that you can do and complete in one sitting. So the first thing that I would suggest if you're wanting to learn how to plan your week is develop a weekly planning routine. Set aside some time every single week. This can be as little as 20 minutes, as I've mentioned several times. I'm going to keep harping on that 20 minutes. You only need 20 minutes to do it, maybe even less if you're not that busy or if you're super efficient, you get right to it. But this can be after work on Friday or it can be on Sunday to jumpstart your week. The day does not matter as much as it matters that you consistently set aside time to review your schedule and your plan. Once you've decided on your regular planning day, the time that you're going to allot, your next thing would be to gather all your planning supplies and maybe even put them in a basket or a drawer somewhere that you can access them really quickly. If it's your computer, make bookmarks or shortcuts to whatever software that you're using. But I'm talking your planner, your calendar, your pens, your yearly plans, your quarterly goals, whatever it is that you need. Make sure that you have those things set aside and they're ready to go. Because this is going to be the time that you review your goals, you figure out what work was not completed during the previous week, and you plan for upcoming deadlines, anything that is lingering commitments, that type of deal. So your weekly planning routine is super clutch because, as I mentioned, you are reviewing all the things that you should have, could have, would have done, as well as measuring those things against what you need to do in the upcoming week. Okay, so now you got your weekly planning routine, you got all your stuff, your gear, you have your favorite glitter pens in your planner, and you're ready to make some plans. The first thing I do when I sit down to plan my weeks is I do a brain dump. And I do this because throughout the week, throughout the days, throughout the hours, we are collecting so many inputs, like our brains are overloaded with inputs and things that we want to remember and things that we forgot to do. And I have found that my brain is not the greatest at reminding me to do these things at opportune times. It reminds me to do these things at really inconvenient, awkward times, like when I'm asleep, when I'm trying to focus on another task, when I just, whenever, there's just always something pinging around in my brain. And I don't like that feeling of having these constant open tabs that I'm afraid to close in my brain because I don't want to forget about these things. So in order to eliminate just that overwhelming feeling of having too much cluttering around my brain and I feel like the little things are like, it's like um, that Pong game that we used to play on the Atari. It's like the little thing is pinging back and forth and it's just a bunch of them pinging all the time. I hope that analogy makes sense. I'm not that old. But anyway, I, I brain dump so that I can get everything out on paper. Because once it's out on paper, I can decide what I need to do with it, how I need to schedule it, if it's even important right now. But I don't want it to continue to bounce around in my brain because that's how my brain reminds me. Like, oh, you forgot you need to get the dry cleaning. But it's telling me that while I'm cooking, you know, that's not helpful. So brain dumping allows me to eliminate those feelings and get that out of my mind on paper so that way I can decide what do I need to do with this information and when. So that's number one, brain dump. Write down whatever is coming to your mind, any and every little thing. Am I going to do every single thing that I brain dump every week? No. Are some of these things going to go on a to-do list? Maybe, but I'm not going to let them 
just live in my head, taking up good mental space. So get them out on paper in as messy of a way as you need to. The third step is to start prioritizing your tasks and figuring out which things are really important that need to get done that absolutely must be scheduled. Because remember, what's scheduled gets done and what can be set aside for a fill-in task later on if I have some free time. This is where the story of the rocks, pebbles, and sand really is useful. And if you've never heard of that, it's like a story analogy type thing. Here's the cliff note version. A professor stands at the front of the class and he has a jar and he asks the students, how do you fill this jar with rocks, pebble, and sand? And they start out by putting the sand in first and then trying to put the pebbles in and trying to put the rocks and they find they can't fit all of those items into this jar. So the professor basically tells them, okay, we're going to put the big rocks in first, let them get settled. Then we put the pebbles in and the pebbles will arrange themselves around the big rocks and fill in some of the spaces. And then finally, you put in the sand last and the sand will fill in the remaining spaces. And this is supposed to be an analogy about life and the important things in life. But it's also a really great parallel and example of how to plan your week based on your priorities. So in this situation, these items represent different things. So rocks. They represent your commitments, appointments, big things like that. Pebbles are your important actions. So growth-based actions, goal-based actions. And sand, that's everything else. That's email, that's social media, that's admin tasks, that's little busy work. The key here is that you want to make sure you spend the most of your time and you utilize the most of your weekly schedule working on your rocks and your pebbles. So the first thing that you would do was go through all of your brain dump items and figure out which of these items are rocks, which of these items are pebbles, and which of these items are sand. And you actually need to write this down. Give yourself, like make a little key, RPS. So put R's next to all the items that are rocks, P's next to all the items that are pebbles, and S next to all the items that represent sand because you don't want to be taking up great weekly calendar real estate, filling it with sand items. And honestly, that's what most of us do. A lot of times when we're sitting down to plan our schedule or not even if we plan our schedule, a lot of times when we sit down to attack our day and we don't have a plan, we start with the sand items first. And that's how you end up feeling like nothing is getting done. Like you spend an entire five hours, but you didn't have anything to show for it. It's because you probably worked on things that were sand instead of things that were rocks and pebbles. So make sure the first thing you do after you have completed your brain dump is prioritize the items that are on your list. Step number four is to schedule everything. By now you've completed your brain dump. You should also have your quarterly, monthly goals available to review because you need to try to figure out Where do things need to go on your schedule? Okay, so I just gave you that really quick Cliff Notes version of the Rocks, Pebbles, Sand story. And this is how this applies to your schedule. Your rocks, your big commitments, as I mentioned, those go on first. So any appointments, anything that was pre-scheduled, any looming deadlines, those go onto your schedule first for the week. Go ahead and assign them time slots. So if you know 
on Tuesday at noon, you have a doctor's appointment, write that into your calendar. Block that off on your calendar. You can't do any other work during that time, so don't leave it open. Block it off so you're not tempted to put things in that slot. So anything that's a big commitment, go ahead and put it in there. The next thing you do is scheduling your pebbles. So these are things like, for me, podcast recording, writing newsletters, creating content, that type of stuff. Maybe, um, no, a client thing, I would consider that to be a rock because that would be pre-scheduled. But all of those other important things, goal-based actions that you need to complete and do in your business, those are pebbles. Give those things time slots next. So go ahead, actually assign them time frames that you're going to work on them. Now, just by doing those two things, plugging in your rocks, plugging in your pebbles, you have a really good sense of how your time needs to be distributed for that week. If you're a side hustler, plug in your work hours, plug in the hours for your commute. Just be really honest about what amount of time you have in your schedule, what's available and what's not. Stop trying to ignore the important things in your schedule that you know are coming up, but you're going to try to squeeze in five minutes here and 10 minutes there. Don't do that. Be realistic about your time. So once you have your rocks and your pebbles scheduled in there, you have a really good idea of how your week is shaping up. And then, and only then, can you fill in the sand. And as I said, sand is everything else. That's email, it's social media, it's random errands. It's things that are not important that clog up your time. And don't feel like every single bit of space that is available that's free in your calendar needs to be filled with sand. It doesn't. Choose a few things off of the sand list and plug them in and then leave yourself some white space. Because here's the reality. No matter how well we plan, things always go off track. Things always take longer than we think they will. So don't feel bad if you plan to spend two hours on something and it ends up being three hours. Leave enough white space in your weekly schedule so that if things go off the rails, you can recover and you won't feel super tired and burnt out. A few additional things that may help you along when it comes to planning is time blocking. Time blocking is really, really useful, especially when you're trying to create content, you're doing things like podcasting, and it's as simple as estimating upfront how much time you think each task is going to take you, and it's always better to overestimate because it usually takes longer than we think, and then block that count, that time off on your calendar or in your schedule. I like working in two-hour time blocks. I've talked about the Pomodoro method on here before, but t- Pomodoro method is 25 minutes of focus work with a five-minute break. You rinse and repeat four times, and after you've done four Pomodoros, you take a longer break. Four Pomodoros is essentially two hours, so it's really it works really well with that. And that way, I can plan for how much work I can get realistically in my day because sometimes I only have four hours a day to work, depending on if I have to do things with clients. But most time I try to plan for about six hours of focus work. I find that six hours can get me a lot farther if I'm really focused than an entire day of just wandering, meandering plans. So trying out time blocking and see if that works for you. Also, 
batch theming your days. So if you create specific type of content over and over again, you can batch theme some days. So maybe Monday, you're going to work on writing things. You're going to write blog posts and you're going to write newsletters and maybe you'll write Instagram captions. On Wednesday, you may be doing some graphic design work. So creating graphics for Instagram or your course launch or your webinar or taking pictures for Instagram, sourcing images, that type of thing. But the idea is taking the work and grouping it together in like tasks. So that way you don't have to keep starting and stopping this work over and over again. You're going to do all of the related work and all of the same software at one time because it does give you a productivity boost. And again, it eliminates decision fatigue because you're not switching from one thing to another over and over again. So batching like tasks is another little trick that you can try when you're planning your schedule. The last thing that I have is focusing on your daily top three. And some days it may just be a top one. Every day when you sit down to look at your schedule for the day, really decide like what are the top three things. So if you have several items that fell onto a particular day, what three things on this list would make the most impact? And sometimes it's just one and sometimes it can be just two. Don't overload yourself with a ton of things, but just focusing on completing your daily top three items and keep it moving. And that is as simple as that when it comes to planning your week. So just to recap really, really quickly, going back to the beginning. One, as I've told you, several times on this episode, being proactive about your planning is really important. The first thing I want you to do is pick a week, a day of the week to be your planning day. Stick to it, but 20 minutes. Next, when you sit down, do your brain dump, get everything that's lingering in your brain out of your brain onto paper. The third thing is prioritizing your tasks, remembering your rocks, your pebbles, and your sand. Rocks and pebbles are what you want to really fill your schedule with. Sand is all that extra stuff. Here is a little sip of tea. We always get the sand done. So we put the sand in there first, but we don't need to. It just always gets done because it's really small and significant things. I promise you, even if you didn't schedule the sand, you would still get it done. And then the last thing is, to make sure everything gets scheduled and scheduling things based on your priorities first. Appointments, interviews, upcoming deadlines, those going first. Anything related to growth or your goals, your goal-related tasks, all of those things go in next. And then a little bit of sand and white space to help us recover just in case things go off track. And that is really how you plan your week to be a productive one and so that you make progress on your goals. And remember, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. The best way to track and measure your progress on a weekly basis is to create a schedule and then follow it. And I know the first couple of times that you do this, it may feel overwhelming. It may feel like you're doing the most. You're spending so much time planning to do the work. But I promise, if you stick to it, you will find that you'll save a lot more time and you'll get a lot more done overall. So give it a try. Let me know how you feel about it. If you're not already in Star Chasers United, you need to get your booty in there because there's a lot of great conversations about what it takes to achieve your goals, 
We do weekly accountability threads. There's additional interactions that you cannot get on a podcast and it's all happening in real time. So if you want to join Star Chasers United, it's for free 99. So free. <laughs> you can go to starchasersunited.com and request access there. Also, if you're loving the show, I would love if you gave us a rating on iTunes. As I tell you all the time, iTunes, it has algorithms and all those weird things like all the other social networks. But basically, reviews help me grow the show. It helps us rise in the ranks somehow in these algorithms. It's like gold to a podcaster. And I appreciate the feedback. So definitely leave your reviews in iTunes. Lastly, if you like the show, share it with a friend. Tag me on Instagram. Record a snippet and share it in your Insta story and tag me. I love to see those. I would love to share them on my own Instagram stories. And overall, it just feels good to get that kind of feedback from you guys. So let me know how I'm doing here. And if there's something you want to hear on the show, by all means, hit me in my DMs, send me an email. I'm available to chat. But with that, I'm going to leave you guys until next week. Go out there and pimp your brilliance.